Thanks for tuning into the XL Legal Podcast, an interview-based podcast for lawyers devoted to practice excellence and wellness tips. I'm your host, Shelley Appleby-Ostroff, legal talent development consultant, writing coach, and former practicing lawyer, and I'm so happy you're here. Today, I'm delighted to be speaking with legal talent management expert, Jessica Watkins, about what it takes to succeed as a law firm associate. Jessica is the National Director of Professional Resources at Miller Thompson, where she's been working in the legal talent management space for over a decade. Before joining Miller Thompson, Jessica practiced law at a mid-sized Toronto firm and worked as the Director of Career Services at Queen's Law School in Kingston. Welcome to the XL Legal Podcast, Jessica. Hi, Shelley. Thank you so much for having me. It's, I'm really excited to be here and uh, to be able to chat with you today. Well, me too. Thank you so much for being here. One of the things I've noticed about directors of professional resources or professional development is that most of them are former lawyers, just like you. And I'm just wondering from your experience, what led you from private practice to your current role? So it's a, it's a pretty long, long story. So bear with me on this one. Um, I practiced uh, law at a mid-sized Toronto firm, a uh, great firm, and uh, was practicing for about a year, year and a half. And my work was engaging, but it didn't fulfill me in the way that I had hoped it would. And uh, when I sort of envisioned my life and sort of the, what you envision a career to be, I kept thinking to myself, okay, okay, is this it for the, ne- <laughs> for the next 30, 40 years? And I just couldn't uh, reconcile that with what I wanted out of my, uh, out of my uh, career. And also, I didn't necessarily find that for me, the practice of law squared with my skill set in the way that I thought it would. And, you know, as part of that journey, what I decided to do was to talk to a lot of people who a number of different people who had legal, had gone to law school, legal degrees, and who had done something else with their degree, like what else was out there apart from the practice of law. And early on in that, um, in my conversations, I had the opportunity to meet up with somebody and they gave me a really useful piece of advice. They said, you know, look at what you're doing in your current career and, and make a list of the things that you really like and the things that you potentially never want to see again. And, you know, that actually proved to be really, a really good sort of nugget of wisdom uh, for me in particular. And and the things that I started to think about were really around, you know, I really liked working with my clients. I really liked working with lawyers. Uh, I really liked working with students. I'd like that mentorship aspect. Uh, I liked speaking to people, um, the, the whole notion of sort of being, you know, uh, out there and engaging in that networking piece really resonated uh, with me. And so I started to focus my search around what kind of careers existed that could tick the boxes of the things that uh, were important to me and kind of circled into the world of professional development and realized at that point in time that I had no uh, experience in that area. And usually the way that most people find their way into professional development roles in law firm is usually through the student program or was at the time that I was going through it. And uh, for me, I, I thought, okay, well, I need to get some experience and decided that, um, 
uh, I needed to figure out how to go about doing that. And, and I'll call it the stars aligned a little bit in that mm-hmm. Queen's University, uh, which is my alma mater, uh, was looking for a director of career services for their law school. And when I was at Queen's, I was very involved uh, in student government there and knew the faculty quite well. And so called them up and said, listen, I'd be really interested. Uh, My life's kind of in Toronto. And would you be game for me sort of doing a four days a week in Kingston, one day a week in Toronto kind of gig? Um, And they were game for that uh, because at the time my fiance was in Toronto. And uh, I commuted to Queen's. (laughs) for almost a year. Um, And I knew it was to get that experience, right? It was to be able to develop the networks in the sphere that I wanted to be in, meet all of the players and uh, get those connections and that credibility uh, vis-a-vis the student program. And so uh, it was a, it was a bit of a bold, bold bold-ish move. And Um, That is, you know, sort of essentially how I ended up in the career services world from there. So I used that as a springboard and networked with everybody. And when I knew that my contract term with Queens was going to be up because I took a a contract, uh, I knew it couldn't be a, a forever thing. And they allowed, like, essentially, I, I talked to all of my counterparts and all of my colleagues in in the professional development world and at the time I'd heard through the grapevine that you know Miller Thompson which is where I currently work was was potentially looking and so I made a cold call and mm-hmm. uh, dropped the name of a colleague who had referred me met with the director or the national director at that point in time and that cold call turned into a first interview or actually turned into a coffee. Then it turned into a first interview, a second interview and a job offer. Um, and I have been there ever since. So that's the, wow. that's the path. Fantastic. That's such a fantastic story. And I think it's really, um, it's so helpful to hear that because you really took charge early on of your career and you recognize that, you know, private practice wasn't really, you know, where you wanted to be spending the the bulk of your career life, um, but there were some good things about it. And then you went and were able to carve out something for yourself. So, yeah. so refreshing to hear that. What are some of the, the reasons you think associates might, uh, might start looking elsewhere? Um, you know, it's the practice of law requires, I'll call it a a, a very specific skill set, right? And it's, it's hyper demanding, as as you know. And I think for for some people, um, they, they love the law so much. um, And they love their work so much that they're willing to make a career out of it. I think for others, it's, it's not necessarily such a straight line, right? And you know, especially in a big firm environment, you know, it is challenging. The hours requirements are challenging. The business development requirements are challenging and you have to really want it. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's really where, um, you know, some people have trouble wrapping their head around it is, is, is it's a career and it's, it's all encompassing and it's long and it's, um, you know, year in and year out, you do reset the, dial at zero. Um, And so for some people, again, they love that energy and that um, what they do, 
mm-hmm. and the the actual legal technical aspects that it for them it's it's joyous right and for others it's not because it does come mm-hmm. with a fair amount of stress and you have to be the type of person that can actively manage that stress over a long period of time mhm mhm yeah and particularly now we have all the sort of added stressors um just wondering you know you've been with Miller Thompson uh in the uh professional development professional resources space mm-hmm. for for quite a while now and i'm wondering if you could tell us what a day in the life of uh you know the national director of professional resources at Miller Thompson looks like oh boy okay well um <laughs> i guess so for for those that don't uh understand what the role actually is but it's it's a strategic role so I'll, my portfolio oh, handles uh all I'll call it timekeepers so that's clerks uh and associates um uh, and certain processes that involve partners but really the partners are are handled by the partners um mm-hmm. but essentially it's a strategic role so uh my team handles and I handle everything relating to the life cycle of that those groups so uh from recruitment to performance to um compensation to employee relations to engagement to process improvement so it, it's quite quite a lot of different buckets that we manage um mm-hmm. my days are uh quite varied and i would say it it depends on what cycle you're dealing with at at um at that particular juncture so right now uh today uh i'll give you an example of what what i did today as i mm-hmm. uh you know worked on um making you know an uh an offer to somebody i worked on um our income partnership admission process i'm working on our associate compensation process i'm working on our uh performance review process because right now we're integrating a, a whole different group into our performance review process um dealing with uh issues and recommendations on uh employee engagement um so yeah so that's 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 just this morning <laughs> wow <laughs> but, wow yeah so it's in and you know my role because it's national uh it really involves uh people coast to coast and so i work uh quite a lot with the montreal office and and offices uh, across the country so um you know it's never a dull moment and i think that that's one of the <laughs> things that i love most about what i do is the variety of it um mm-hmm. and you know it's just it's never dull and it and it's ever changing um i think one of the interesting pieces is is with respect to how hard uh the team and and like i work is I, we we our hours are quite long as well and but for me it's just again liking what you do and loving what you do is you know okay it's okay to work those <laughs> So for sure. Yeah, if you're passionate about something, yeah. you're prepared to put in whatever it takes so you can keep doing more of what you enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, yeah. Wow, I wish I had known about um this area when I was in practice because I was like you early on, I just was not what I uh, what I thought I'd signed on for. Uh, but stuck it out for a lot of years. So uh, really, uh, really great to hear that. Uh, and also the, you know, the variety of work keeping you stimulated, um, but also at such a high level. 
So I'm just wondering too, uh, you talk about your work with um, associates. If you could paint a picture of a successful associate, what would that picture look like? Yeah, so I, I think that um, what I would, would say sort of defines a, a good associate from a great associate is uh, really that uh, uh, dovetailing of EQ and IQ all in one happy package. Mm. Um, you know, I think that, you know, intelligence is, is I'll, I'll call it almost a given right out of the gate, all things being mm. equal. <laughs> We'll give that as the as the as the benchmark, um, but I think um, you know there are certain things that I would say define uh, a great associate. Uh, that would be very much sort of about ownership and the ownership that uh, an associate takes over uh, their career, and and that comes in multiple fronts. But we'll we'll start with work for starters. But the ability for a partner to hand off a piece of work to the associate and have the comfort that that piece of work is going to be done and done well and done within the timelines that are requested. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that that is really, really important if you want to be a successful associate, as is the, uh, the ability to manage expectations. And that sort of comes into the getting your work done on time, right? The mm-hmm. ability to communicate with the lawyers that you're working on when you can get the work done um, or in the event that you are delayed in the work, actually communicating that there will be a delay up front um, is really key. Managing expectation, communication is, you know, you hear it a lot in, in sort of a variety of different settings, but people always talk about, you know, communication is key. Communication is key. And it it really is right. Because Mm -hmm. you can forgive somebody for not, submitting something to you on time, if they actually give you a heads up before and allow you to manage the situation, as opposed to receiving something late and not really understanding why it's coming to you late, right? It's it's right. easier to, uh, I'll call it in that case, ask for permission than beg for forgiveness. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I also think that, you know, the quality of your work uh, is important. And I think that this is a hard one um, you know, especially uh, when you're transitioning from articling student to associate, but it's um, having that mentality of the buck stops with you um, hmm. and taking own, again, it goes back to my ownership piece, but submitting a final product, right? Um, if you can get your product to as close as a final product as possible, you will have repeat customers mm-hmm. for sure. Um, yeah. I think the the other pieces is understanding kind of the larger picture insofar as it's being explained to you is sort of what is behind all of the requests. And that's, that's where a great mentor comes into play is, Mm -hmm. um, is, you know, somebody who will, you know, take you through the steps of why it is you're doing what you're doing. And, you know, I think associates should ask the question like, Oh, I'm, you know, really excited to do this piece of work. How does it fit in into the grand grander scheme of things if they don't necessarily know, you know, where, where their piece of research might fit in, uh, in terms of the strategy of a case, you know, if you ask questions, people will answer them. People like to talk about about (laughs) the things they're working on. So, um, uh, I, I also think, you know, the, the other piece that is really important is 
um, integrity and respect. And I think conducting yourself with a great amount of integrity and a great amount of respect for others um, will bode well for any associate in their career Um, Mm -hmm. because the bar is small uh, and, you know, people want to work with people that are easy to deal with. Um, And that's really, I'll call it, I think that that's anything in life, right? Is, you know, be easy, be easy to manage, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think probably the most important thing is owning your mistakes. It's really stressful being a lawyer um, (laughs) and everybody makes mistakes. And I think it's almost sort of the hidden secret in law is, oh my gosh, you know, I don't want to make a mistake. It's terrible to make mistakes. Nobody makes mistakes. You know, that's, I think, something that lawyers who have worked their entire careers as lawyers um, will tell you is, is they're still probably learning stuff, right? You're never really going to become a full expert because the law is constantly changing. The facts are constantly changing. And, you know, that int- that's what keeps people, I think, lawyers engaged is that long-term intellectual exercise of there's always something new um, to uncover, yeah. Um, but also being able to know when you have made a mistake and not hiding behind it is, is key because people mm-hmm. will, people, everybody makes mistakes. Yeah. And I think that kind of goes back to, um, concern within a legal profession about, um, you know, lawyers for the most part being perfectionists and that inability to accept that, uh, yeah, that they could make a mistake or fail. I put that in air quotes yeah. uh, in some way, um, but that's really part of growth. And yeah. we all, we all do it. We all do it. We all do um, it. We all do it. Um, and I think it's that sort of, you know, grace under fire uh, or that notion of grace under fire um, mm-hmm. uh, that people remember. Yeah, absolutely. And what about any sort of discrete skills? The ability to write and to communicate clearly, uh, succinctly is uh, undervalued. And, mm-hmm. you know, you often hear, why do I have to? Um, you know, why, why say in 500 words what you can say in 50 uh, mm-hmm. is, I think, a really important thing to keep in mind. Um, you're not paid by the word as a lawyer. <laughs> you're paid uh, for your clear advice and judgment. Definitely, um, you know, writing is, is critical. Your legal training, what you've learned in, in law school is going to be critical. Um, you know, firms have oftentimes professional development programs. There are legal organizations that have professional development programs that are, are, are linked to skill development. That's important, you know, how to read a situation, how to read a room, how to, how to uh, read the person you're working with, knowing when, you know, you need to back off and knowing when you need to push <laughs> forward. I, I don't, those, those are, are things that I think you learn on the job and you learn over time. Uh, mm-hmm. I think things like how to manage a practice are things that you learn on the job and over time. Right. Uh, I think the notion of how to have difficult conversations with clients about all sorts of different things um, uh, is something that you learn on the job and over time. Um, you can, you know, be given specific skills to do it and, and tri- tips and tricks, but, you know, that is really something that you have to practice. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and practice does make, I'll call it better, not necessarily perfect, but you know, having, <laughs> having difficult conversations is never fun. And I don't necessarily know if they ever turn out perfect, but, um, uh, they, it does, it does help to, um, you know, put some kilometers on that car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that, you know, probably applies to, uh, conversations within the firm as well as with clients. I mean, and mm-hmm. like you said, it's the root is communication is so key uh, in all aspects. I'm just wondering if there are any kind of common challenges that um, associates tend to um, be up against. You'd mentioned, you know, some professional development programs and things to help develop certain skills. And what kinds of sort of programs are, are taken up most often? Um, I think anything that's skills-based is probably taken up uh, more often than not. I think anything, uh, frankly, related to legal writing is is uh, uh, people consume with uh, uh, a fair amount of uh, eagerness. Um, I would say that the legal piece in terms of skill development from a legal perspective, you know, depending on your practice area, as an associate, you're going to go to those I think the ones that that add some value are the ones that relate to a little bit what I was talking about before, vis-a-vis difficult conversations, vis-a-vis how to manage practice, how to manage your clients effectively, uh, how to develop a sustainable practice um, Mm -hmm. and practice in a way that resonates um, with you and the way that you want to build your life. Um, There's a lot of uptake around wellness and um, self-care. And those are are very important. Um, And, you know, also uh, a great amount of interest uh, around, I'll call it these days specifically around uh, how to uh, be successful uh, as a uh, racialized lawyer within a law firm. I'm seeing a lot of uptake around around that particular topic. Right. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Um, One area that I often um, hear uh, Laura's talking about is sort of time management, productivity, and um, yeah, or I mean, is is that something that associates generally struggle with, or is it just the f- sort of few people that I've spoken with that seems to be um, their primary concern? Yeah, I think time management it's it falls into the rubric of practice management. Um, you know, it, it's something that we we have worked on with our associates and we'll work on them sort of on an in, individual basis if we're uh, seeing a problem where they come to us and say, you know what, I'm, I'm having problems managing my time and, and uh, you know, prioritizing how to get stuff done. And we've worked in the past and I have actually done this with some associates where we will work with them actively, sometimes uh, depending on, on the level of need, sometimes over a period of weeks, sometimes over a period of months and sometimes over a period of years. Um, where we really try and focus on how do we build a system for you that's about you um, that really helps um, you get your work done, meet the deadlines that you need to get, and helps you stay organized and on top of things. And that often, you know, will involve uh, reliance on their legal assistant as well as once we get them to sort of a state where we feel like, okay, file work is being done. How do you leverage other resources uh, that are available within the firm in order to help you manage your practice in such a way where you don't feel like you're chasing time all the time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because as you say, I mean, there's you know, just so much work to be done and uh, it's very stressful 
profession and you can probably be working 24 seven and still not get everything done. So uh, yeah, I can see how that would be super challenging and also very helpful to have some kind of customized um, system. Uh, thinking about advancement, you know, moving from associate, like from junior associate to senior associate uh, through to junior partner and then senior partner, any sort of obstacles there or thoughts on, you know, how to, how to move through uh, the ranks in today's competitive legal profession? Um, yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's your, your first few years of practice when, when we talk to our associates, our, our messaging is really around develop your legal skills, right? Because, you know, that really is, that's what you're selling at the end of the day. And I think the, the dirty little secret that nobody uh, talks about in law school is, is, is there is a component of sales to practicing law. Yeah. And you know, the core of what, what lawyers sell is their time and their brains uh, and expertise. So, um, you know, that really is the focus in the first few years on, you know, developing the core skills that you need to be uh, a good lawyer and to service your clients effectively. Um, you know, different firms approach it differently. So this is sort of our experience, but, you know, once we pivot to, um, you know, after those first few years are done, there is an increased um, discussion around sort of building profile externally and what that looks like. And so that can either be, you know, uh, profile within your community, profile more broadly. Do you like to write? Do you like to speak? Um, you know, are you somebody who's going to sit on boards? Uh, do you belong to, uh, you know, different organizations that um, could potentially uh, help you develop your profile within the community and therefore be a source of work for you? Mm -hmm. um, and so there is that sort of focus on business development and starting to build, um, you know, what is a book of business. And, you know, that's, that is, I'd say it's challenging, right? Um, some people have a knack for it and some people need a little bit more assistance with it. Um, and, you know, there, like I said, there are some people who just innately know how to do it um, mm -hmm. and they're very good at it. And there are people that potentially take a little bit more time to uh, develop those skills and, and capitalize on, on their external profile. And so, you know, that is, you know, at each stage of the practice of law, I think there are different sort of uh, plates that, that are, are in the air, right? As a, as a junior, you um, really are sort of looking at your skills and learning how to practice and building that skill set as a mid-level associate, you're really starting to um, you know, perfect your skills a little bit more and start to think about, okay, well, how do I build a clientele? Uh, and that sort of translates into being a bit of a senior associate, skill development still there, uh, although you're pretty good. Uh, and, but, you know, your, your focus is, okay, well, it is that external profile building and so on and so forth. So, you know, it, I'd say that that is, is a bit of a challenge because uh, lawyers, I guess, by by uh, by nature, are introverts, right? And mm -hmm. so, you know, going out and asking people for work uh, doesn't always feel natural. Mm -hmm. um, and knowing how to do it doesn't always feel natural. So, I'd say that that's a, a challenge. Um, yeah. You know, other than that, you know, it's it's making sure that you've developed the right skill set. Although that tends to be, I'll call it, less of an issue in 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 our in our firm. 
Um, but I'd say business development is probably the biggest challenge for, for associates that are pivoting into partnership. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. And also, like you say, just sort of the generally the general personality traits of, um, of many lawyers, but also the I've heard the, the idea that, you know, you need to really think, uh, think like a partner. Um, mm-hmm. You know, what would a partner do in this situation, as opposed to thinking like an employee? And I know that for me, certainly, I never really felt a part of the firm um, mm-hmm. where I worked early on. I just the, the thought just never entered my mind, but it makes a lot of sense to me, you know, starting early on really feeling like, um, you know, this is your firm. Do you think that would help associates get into the, the right mindset? Um, I, I do think so. I mean, it's, it's interesting. There was um, one of the, the partners that I work with, uh, he was telling me he got a piece of advice really early in his career um, by one of his mentors where uh, you know, he was told do five minutes a day of some type of profile building, hmm. right? Um, because it will pay off in the long run. And he did. And it was even things as simple as send an email to somebody uh, with an article, reconnect with uh, another person on, you know, social media, like on Facebook or LinkedIn at the time. Uh, at the time, it wasn't LinkedIn, it was Facebook. Hmm. Um uh, you know, publish an article, have a coffee with somebody, have lunch with someone, go for dinner, you know, take somebody to a game once we could actually leave our homes. Okay. <laughs> it's a bit more challenging <laughs> these days. Um, but I do think, you know, I, I do think that thinking like a partner um, and, you know, uh, committing yourself to the organization that you're with does, does help. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and looking around at what is working for some people and isn't working for some people is also helpful. Sometimes, you know, early in your career, and, and I think we've all felt this, is you don't really know that you don't know that, <laughs> like that you should be yes. doing that, um, that early in your career. And, and, you know, it's, it's, you do feel a bit like a fish out of water where you're, you know, trying to learn your craft and, you know, you do have the stress of the practice and, and wanting to be right and wanting to make sure that your work is top notch. Um, and so, you know, I think in those early years, it, it's, it's sometimes hard to turn your attention to that and to mm-hmm. uh, embrace that thought. But I do think it's, it's, a, it's a good piece of advice um, is to look a little bit around and, and um, see if you can see what might see if you can recognize yourself and the people around you in terms of their approach to their practice and what resonates with you and what doesn't. Cause I do think that good habits are built young mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and early. Yeah. And that makes really good sense too. It's just, don't just try to imitate somebody because they are, they epitomize for you what a successful lawyer is. It's got to resonate and it's got to feel natural too. Um, yep. Yeah, because I think it'll be obvious that you're playing a role. Uh, yeah, yeah, super interesting. Yeah, super helpful. I love your your insights and your advice, Jessica. I'm just wondering, is there sort of anything else that um, you know you think associates would benefit from hearing in the early uh, years of their career? Um, I think you know one of the things that I would say to associates is 
there are resources out there and at times it may, it may feel like you're the only one going through, <laughs> through uh, your own very particular experience, but we've all been there to some extent. And, you know, being, being open about your experience, um, I think is important and finding people who can shoulder you and support you uh, is also really important. And knowing what resources are available to you is really important. I think mm-hmm. that on some level, just as much as, and you know, we touched on this earlier, just as much as the practice of law is important, understanding the resources that are available to you to make your life better um, mm-hmm. and easier uh, is really something that um, you know you should embrace. And I think also, um, if insofar as an associate can, like start as you wish to continue right? Um, Build the habits that you think are going to work for you early um, and look around to see what is and isn't working for others and choose the little nuggets of wisdom that you're going to grab from people. It may not be that you're um, following somebody to the T, but you might pick off little pieces from, you know, lawyer A, lawyer B, lawyer C that create a profile that works really well for you. Hmm. Um, and don't try and be something that you're not right. Yeah. Like don't try and force it because it, it, it really never works. Right. And I think that that's particularly the case where business development is concerned. There are people who cannot work a cocktail party and have no interest in working a cocktail party. You need to know that about yourself and be honest and upfront with yourself. Uh, I, I've taught myself how to, for example, to how to navigate cocktail parties. I, I don't <laughs> like doing it out of, out of, out of, <laughs> you know, as, as, a, as an opener. Um, but there are people who say, you know what, I, I just don't thrive in that environment. So I really like to write and that's where I'm going to do my profile building. So don't try and be something you're not. I think you're going to have to push your boundaries for sure. There's never, you know, uh, to see what might work for you. Um, but you'll, you'll learn pretty quickly, you know, where the lines in the sand are for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, the other thing is, is reassessing your career throughout your career is important, right? What is and isn't working. Um, and, you know, that's something that you should do. Um, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, it's something that I, I consistently do. Like, what am I doing? Well, what's working for me? What isn't, is there an option to change it? Who do I talk to if I need to change it? Um, you know, and, and, never sort of sitting on your laurels um, Hmm. and accepting that, you know, accepting the status quo. I think questioning and um, being true to yourself is very important and talking to people openly about it uh, is also, uh, I think a a piece of advice that I would have is, you know, don't, don't, don't hide, say what you want, speak to the right people, um, figure out who the right people are to speak to. Um, and you know, if you, if you are not happy, um, talk through it because there might be ways of changing. Don't just throw in the towel, um, you know, because you're frustrated or you think you'll never make it, uh, or you need some help or you need some other types of guidance. Um, you know, I think that sometimes people throw in the towel too early and that's a shame because there are all sorts of ways of doing, you know, of, of attacking a problem. Um, and you know, if you do it and you put in the time and the effort, it can, it can, it can yield a a fair amount of success. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so those would be my final kind of nuggets of wisdom. Well, and they were true nuggets. Absolutely. And so reassuring. Um, yeah. Uh, and the idea that just to, to speak about it, you're not alone. Chances are others are feeling the same, the same way. So uh, wonderful, invaluable insights and advice, Jessica, thank you so much for sharing them with us today. Uh, really appreciate you taking the time out of your super busy schedule. Well, thank you, Shelley. It's an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. And thank you for inviting me. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Thanks for joining me today on the XL Legal Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. I'm always looking for topic and guest ideas. So if you have any suggestions for future episodes, I'd love to hear from you at xllegal.com. That's E-X-E-L-L-E-G-A-L.com.